with the negative Nancy's. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancy's. My name is Roy Walker, and I'm joined at the adult table today with my fellow Nancys, Primo Thomas, Matt Tavita, and guest Nancy, Dan Ertz. With us, as always, is Junior Nancy and the man who loves nature, despite what it did to him, <laughs> Kyle Cleary. Today, we will be discussing method acting as we record from five separate locations with fine adult beverages. Now lose weight. Now gain weight. Now lose weight. Now gain weight. Now stop, because that's terrible for you. Excellent. <laughs> yes, exactly. Today, we are joined with a great actor, renowned D&D dungeon master, and friend. But before we get into that, let's examine our drinks leading off with our guest. Dan, what are you drinking? I am drinking a six-pack of Southern Tier. Uh, mm. I'm drinking some of their live session. Um, and apart from that, I don't know what's in it, but it's delicious, and I love drinking it. I just prefer the stuff done in studio as to the live stuff. You know, <laughs> it's a lot of He will be finishing the entire six-pack live on air. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Count me down. <laughs> Prem, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Stella Artois Midnight Lager. Stella Artois. Stella Artois. <laughs> cool. Uh, Matthew, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Lagavulin Islay Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, aged nine years. Ooh. That's where the flavor comes from. Kyle, what are you drinking? I am not drinking anything because of my killer migraines lately. <laughs> That's lame. Fuck you, because I li literally have nerve damage. You have sciatica. Sciatica. It's nerve damage. You should be drinking Dayquil with vodka or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a Russian sunrise. Yeah, or like emergency with vodka. Okay, so uh, Dan, Daniel Ertz, would you That's like me. to talk? <laughs> that is you. Would you like to explain to our guests who you are, what you do, what you like to do, and who you like to do? Okay, I'll do all those. <laughs> Especially that last one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hi, my name is Dan Ertz. I am an actor. I live in Buffalo, New York. Uh, I do a lot of theater work, but I have done uh, some commercials and film things and TV things, like very small uh, things. A, a lot of local work, a lot of, a lot of good acting jobs available in Buffalo. And I've made so many wonderful friends along the way. Um, two of which are right here in your Nancy group, uh, Primo and Matt, I've known since college. Oh, yeah, fuck you, I guess, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna uh, be, actually, it's just <laughs> Kyle. Yeah, I didn't go to college with you guys. Too cool yeah. for that. All right, well, cool, man. Um, so, Primo, you wanted to lead. Yeah, so our topic today, um, we are bitching about method acting. And for our listeners out there who aren't familiar with the devil's practice, I figured I would give you guys the definition. Method acting is a technique of acting in which an actor aspires to complete emotional identification with a character or role based on the system evolved by Stanislavski and brought into prominence in the U.S. in the 1930s. Method acting was developed in institutions such as the Actor Studio in New York City, notably by Elia Kazan and Lee Strasberg, and is particular, particularly associated with actors such as Marlon Brando, Dustin Hoffman, Christian Bale and the great Daniel Day Lewis. Fuck that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so uh, Dan, now that we have a definition, why the fuck do you hate it? And why is it a bad idea? I hate it so much. I hate it so much because it is a bad idea because it's dangerous. Uh, it is unhealthy. 
and it promotes uh, a lesser form of art yes. overall and yes. it makes it makes audiences and you know art in general dumber it should make everyone uncomfortable it's a cop out for shitty acting is what it is mm-hmm. exactly it's it's not acting it's just it's substituting what you think should be the the real experience for you know right the portrayed experience i said this right. to roy earlier i was like the you know how people make those charts like have you done this then yes or no like blah blah, blah. like the chart for method acting is this are you daniel day lewis if you select yes then you can do method acting if you selected no try something else because yeah. at least he won like six fucking oscars mm-hmm. yeah. oh my god yeah <laughs> i pulled up i pulled up a bunch of examples of what all these method actors did so I, I have all that in my... Did you look at the uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest from 1975 with Jack Nicholson? It's a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. I guess it does qualify as method acting. The cast of the movie, including Jack Nicholson, lived at a psychiatric ward where the movie was shot, interacting with real patients and undergoing group therapy sessions. That doesn't seem like a big deal. It's not like they lo- gained and lost a bunch of weight and like were taking weird drugs in order to act a certain way. Well, it's not like you were There's... playing Lincoln and then forced everybody to refer to you as Mr. President while filming. Like, Oh, Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, my God. So I don't know if you guys know uh, this quote, but it's a very famous conversation that happened between Lawrence Olivier and uh, Dustin Hoffman. And it is probably one of the most hilarious and like shade throwing uh, quotes of all time. And it goes, uh, how did your week go, dear boy? Olivier said. Hoffman told him that he had filmed a scene in which his character was supposed to have been up for three days and three nights straight. Um, And Olivier asked, so what did you do? And then Dustin Hoffman replied with, well, I stayed up for three days and three nights. Lawrence Olivier then uttered under under this most famous line. Why don't you just try acting? Yes. <laughs> exactly. I love that story. Uh, Lawrence fucking Olivier. Obviously, my my career path lies in design, but I started out as an actor. And for me, it was always I, I took on the persona of whatever character I was playing. Once I put my costume on, I put the skin of that character on and then I would 30 minutes prior to show. I'd get in the mood, get in the mode of that character. And then once the show ended and I took the costume off, I took the character off and hung it up. And then when I left the theater, I was back to being myself and that I would become that character again the next day when I put the costume on. Sometimes there's a difficulty with that, though, because um, I know I know in roles that I've played it, sometimes it is hard to separate after you've done it for too long. Yeah, but that's but but that's some it's more of a personal thing, though. That's that sounds yeah. more like a. Yeah, yeah. But that's just me. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's well, Roy, it's totally cool to like mourn the that, loss of a character that you've put yeah. so much time and effort into and you can totally do the work. But as soon as you start living as that character, yeah, and like that's a problem. <laughs> forcing other people to treat you like that character or treating yourself like that character has been treated. Yeah. That's fucked up. Right. But there is a, there is a limit. I feel like with every role that you do play, there is a little bit of each character dependent. You know, it, it depends on the role. It depends on the show. And so I feel like there is a little bit of something that um, that sticks with you. But it's it's like really trying to like pull out the positive in that and making yeah. it like a, to a, a betterment of yourself, I guess. But at the end of the day, it's like if I'm playing fucking death of a salesman, I'm not going to take that character home with me. No, I murdered a lot of people that week. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're playing a rapist, right. you're right. not going to go in this weird psychotic yeah. journey. Right. That's why I said depending. No, the- being an actor, part of being an actor is being able to let go. That's part of your job. Right. Is to yeah. be able Ex- to act the character. Disassociate. Yeah. 
Exactly. Did, have y'all heard of all the crazy stuff that Jared Leto uh, did well uh, preparing for Joker? Dude, he did some whack shit, man. I remember stories, but I don't remember specifics. Please, uh, please remind me. Barely in that movie. He really is barely Fucking in that bullshit. movie, but he, he went <laughs> nuts on set. Like, so I have a bunch of quotes here from people who were also in that movie. Will Smith says he never met Jared Leto on set. <laughs> he says <laughs> he never spoke with him outside of, like, when they were filming takes. And he only ever spoke to him at, in character when he was Deadshot and Jared Leto was Joker. But he says, like, after filming was wrapped and, like, the movie was out, like, I literally have not met him yet. Not a single word exchanged off camera. Oh, my God. They didn't really have any that many scenes together. But that's the point. Like, that's that's the whole point. Is like with all the limited time they had, even when they were off scene, he was still acting mm-hmm. like the Joker. Yeah, and I, I don't know if, if y'all have ever been to like a film set. There's like between mm-hmm. when the film is rolling, there's not a lot going on. Like no, for, there's not for no. a lot of people. Not for yeah, yeah for most people. Oh didn't he like put like a live rat in a box and like send it to like margot robbie he sent, he sent a rat to margot robbie he sent everyone a dead pig yes like the the dead pig like one of his henchmen apparently one of jared leto's henchmen brought it into their like reading table and like dumped the dog on the table ah! yeah he, he like mailed them anal beads and hilarious used condoms hilarious like, <laughs> no yeah it, that's terrible like I, I don't feel like that's like becoming the joker though that's just being kind of like a fucking creep right that's like yeah that's not what the joker's about that's not being like a creative artist dude that's just being a psychopath no. like you're not being that's cool not and artsy yeah like here's a used fucking condom like no like no, no not okay it's method acting bro right that's not even performance uh. art that's like abuse. Yeah. Do you think that when Dustin Hoffman was in Hook, that that was actually kind of cool of method acting, like to be around that? No, I feel like it would piss me <laughs> off. <laughs> I think he must have been a goddamn nightmare. He could cut off my hand. I don't know. Like if I'm standing there after the, sh- the the we're done shooting for the day as Robin Williams, and I'm wearing a hoodie, and this motherfucker's running around like Peter. Yar. <laughs> I like to think that he used to go home every night and smash clocks at his house. Walks around with a hook hand. <laughs> So someone brought up, like, actually, Roy, you let off with the whole, like, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. Yeah. Now, do you think that, do you believe that counts as method acting? Like, because I remember, like, Christian Bale lost, like, stupid amounts of unhealthy amounts of weight to, like, where he was skeletal. There's a chart of what he's done. He, dude, he he's never been, like, the same weight for any movie. <laughs> then there's, like, uh, but, like, on the opposite end, there's um, fucking Chris Pratt, who bolts the fuck up to be... Uh, Star Lord, when he was playing Andy on Parks and Rec, it was like rather he was bigger. Right. So, like, do you think that that counts as method acting, or do you think that that's just like a personal? No, he was just being a fat ass on the show. Right. Then. That's, that's... Um, yeah, uh, he was just like not in shape. Was his? Thing. I guess it also depend on the role like that they're trying to do because like if it's to be like funny, like that's different. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to gain weight to be funny. When he was cast for Star-Lord in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, they told him, like, you can have the role, but you have to, you have to, like, look good because you're going to be a fucking superhero. So, like, so that's why he, like, lost all the weight. Which I get. Which I get. But then how about, like, Christian Bale losing all that weight? Or, like, Joaquin Phoenix for, like, Joker. Again, back to Joker. Yeah, but. That, that that's also just dangerous. Like, not yeah, he healthy. lost a crazy amount of weight. Like, you could see his ribs and there, shit, man. There's a difference between losing some weight and bulking up, and then losing the amount of weight he lost for the Machinist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. He weighed 121 pounds for the Machinist. Uh, 184 
terrain of fire. He immediately balked up after the machinist Batman. for Batman. For Batman and like yeah. in, in like three months gained like eighty pounds of bot of like mass, which is so he, unhealthy. Right. Yeah, he went from one hundred and twenty one pounds to one hundred and ninety. Right. That's in the like within like for the next movie. Holy mm-hmm. shit! Like De-, De Niro also did something similar, I think for um. Uh, what was it? It was the boxing movie. He was like 145 oh. when, when they were filming. And then they took a break from shooting for four months. And he ate his way across Europe and gained like 60 pounds for the rest of shooting. Okay. okay so here's some of like, okay, I, I fucking love Daniel Day-Lewis. And I know he's a method actor, but he's like the least crazy, I feel like. And like, this is some of the crazy shit he's done. <laughs> when he was filming The Last of the Mohicans. He became a dedicated outdoorsman, learning to build canoes, fight with tomahawks, skin and cook animals, and he refused. That's just cool. Well, it gets funnier. It gets funnier. <laughs> and f- he fired a 12-pound flint lock on the run, and then he carried the gun everywhere he went, including Christmas dinner with his family. What? <laughs> Dad? <laughs> Dad? What? <laughs> Why? Wait, and Did then for- put the gun away? Don't call me Dad. <laughs> i'm not your dad so then for lincoln he did the thing where he he made everybody address him as mr president he adopted a kentucky accent for the whole duration of filming and he wrote letters to his colleagues and signed them off as abe Um, oh my god and then when he did my left foot he committed himself to for eight weeks to a cerebral palsy clinic in dublin to truly come to grips with the condition um and then his co-workers weren't free of the act method acting burden he refused to leave his wheelchair for the entire shoot forcing people to carry him in and out of the car every day and insisted on being spoon-fed food <laughs> i just fuck? do that normally <laughs> he'd call you by your film name and you'd call him christy it was madness. He'd be feeding him, wheeling him around during the entire film, and I only saw him walk once, is what one of the actors says. <laughs> Holy that's shit, that's man. Like, that, that's such a hassle for everyone else. Right. It's either madness or it's actually brilliant because it sounds like he didn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't that's hassle hilarious. the Hoff, okay? Right. <laughs> Uh, with that, we do need to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Dan Ertz and Gaining and Losing Weight. <laughs> Hey everyone, in lieu of promoting paid sponsors for our debut podcasts, we've decided to donate our message breaks to support the Buffalo, New York theater community. Primo, Matt, and myself will choose a company we truly love each week that has really been affected heavily by the COVID-19 pandemic. This one goes out to the fine people of the New Phoenix Theater of Johnson Park. It would be an even deeper catastrophe if this beacon of artistic light were to never open their doors again. I just finished sound designing a two-man show there called Kiss of the Spider Woman in celebration of their 25th season as an independent theater. Directed by the incredible Victoria Perez, stage managed by the great Mike Dobin and starring brilliant actors Rolando Martin Gomez and Rick Latimer. This show is one of my favorite shows I've ever worked on and I do upwards of 20 shows a year all over Buffalo. The New Phoenix Theater is owned and operated by my dear friend Richard Lambert. I can't tell you how much I love this man for his vision and beautiful personality. He may be the most graceful and successful risk taker I've ever worked with. I am so honored to know this wonderful man and even more so to call him my friend. If you would like to send love and support to the New Phoenix Theater of Buffalo, New York, online donations can be easily sent via the Donation Now button at newphoenixtheater.org. That's N-E-W-P-H. O-E-N-I-X-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. Mail-in donations can be sent to 95 Johnson Park, Buffalo, New York, 14201. And you can place over-the-phone donations by dialing 716-853-1334. 
To those of you who choose to help, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I deeply appreciate it. Now, on with the show! And we're back! So, uh, Daniel D. Ertz, I guess my my question's kind of for the group. <laughs> Never heard that one before. You have been acting longer just in general than like most of us here. In your experience, have you run into actors locally and or in your career that method acted too far? Uh, I think m- m- more so when I was younger. I think, uh, yeah. M- yeah. Students trying to uh, uh, find, you know, trying new things, exploring. Is there anyone specific? Because I have someone specific. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make up a name for him. Can we call him AJ? No, you can call him whatever. We'll just blurp it out. We're gonna call him Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, we're gonna bleep it. So yeah, with Samuel L. Jackson's voice. Cool. Yeah, of course. Then uh, definitely Harvey Weinstein. Yes. <laughs> what was the weirdest fucking thing that you saw this person do? Yes, Dan, you go first, uh, and I'll piggyback off. The most, you. the the most upsetting thing I saw was during a class in which we were uh, 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 doing combat scenes. We were uh, wielding weapons and doing uh, a stage combat. Oh. You know, people were not getting hurt. And then the uh, at the end of th- this was in their like presentation, their their end of the the unit. Uh, a presentation to the class, everyone watching, and, uh, and filming. Yes, it was. It was definitely filmed that the this person method acting went a little bit too far, a couple inches off, and hit the person in the face with a quarter staff. Shit! Like full on, full force. Yeah. Smack. It, it was the last move of the fight, like the finisher. Oh. Jesus! Yeah. You know that um, finished. S- Sylvester Stallone actually asked Dolph Lundgren and Rocky Four to try to knock him out, and yes. then that was a bad idea because he did. <laughs> because and it happened. He had, he had to get flown to a different country for treatment. So, okay. so <laughs> I want to I want to piggyback off of what Dan said because I had an experience with the same fucking person. Um, we were doing a show my senior year uh, that rhymes with Schmerd and Schmadies. Um, <laughs> the learned ladies i mean everybody in the cast fucking hated him but then i started to get real 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 during the run of the show you know how there's like the camera with the monitor backstage in the green room guys so yeah. he would go yeah. out on stage and i listen i'm not judging anybody's how they warm up or whatever helps you get into character but there is a line he would make the freaking sound technicians blare whatever techno song he wanted. He would do this ridiculous interpretive dance on stage. Didn't know any yeah. of us were watching him in the back. And he would do this every day, every day. And he would not do the group warm up with us. And then nope. it started to get real during the run when there's a little bit of um, hand-to-hand uh, stage combat. And he started changing the stage combat choreography with the actor he was fighting with to the point where the actor actually got hit because he was changing the moves. And we confronted him backstage about it with the stage manager. And he was like, well, that, you know, that's just how my emotions are in the show. I can't, you know, that's just, you know, that's my character and that's how he feels. And that's what he's doing. And we were like, okay, crazy pants. And we finally got the director involved. They had to sit him down and be like, stop being a crazy person please and like it's just crazy that like you would rather give us your bullshit excuses for trying to be artsy but you'd rather hurt someone like or you know it's like don't oh my god you can't change blocking you can't change fight choreography because that's that's where people get hurt 
No, and you can't start suddenly like at like applying more pressure or going faster or like going a little bit more full out with a punch that normally is supposed to miss someone and all of a sudden gets closer and closer to a face. Right. Like mm-hmm. this is where it gets really fucking dangerous for other people. This is how people get knifed. <laughs> yes. L- straight up. Yeah. Um <laughs> Speaking of he just not, luck uh just for a disclaimer he did not method act it was a genuine accident anyway it was a general uh, accident. Yeah, genuine does anybody want to hear my crazy jamie fox story i found i have it. a good uh, one about yeah, robert sure. de niro as well okay so, <laughs> so jamie fox glued his eyes shut to play ray charles and ray yes <laughs> what he like for 14 hours a day duty had the makeup artist glue his eyelid shut that's fucking awesome um and there's a quote he has when he says, imagine having your eyes glued shut for 14 hours a day. That's your jail sentence. <laughs> oh, yeah, the jail oh, sentence that God. you sentenced yourself to, crazy. Do, do they think that blind people keep their eyes closed? Right. <laughs> just like, for the record, <laughs> I don't think just because you're blind, you keep your eyes closed. <laughs> Um, you, have you guys ever see uh, Sling Blade, which I think is the main? I think I think that's kind of like the reproduced version of Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder, no, with Billy Bob boy. Thornton. All right, so it's essentially I think it was made off of I don't know. Does anybody know what year Forrest Gump came out? Ninety four, maybe. Oh. All right, so two years later, Billy Bob. Yeah, ninety four. Two years later, Billy Bob Thornton was in a movie um, called called Sling Blade. And uh, he had to play another person with a mental disability and he needed to have like a limp. So in order to create the limp, he put uh, he placed crushed pieces of glass inside his shoes, forcing him to limp. And he earned an Oscar nomination for the role. But like, at what cost? God fucking kidding me. Horrifying. Yeah, Yeah, it is horrifying. What the dick? Who are you trying to impress with that? (laughs) <laughs> right like did you see the stuff about what leonardo dicaprio did for the revenant yes he slept in a carcass oh. he actually ate raw bison meat what Wait, the what fuck? did he sleep in what he slept in a bear carcass during filming like during c- no scenes. he did yes not. what yes. the fuck for real did he have like food poisoning for like a year uh, i that that won him his first oscar i know Gotta oh. do what you gotta do for that Oscar, man. Well, that's the thing. Now he won the Oscar, so well, now like, he's just gonna again, do that does forever. Does that set the precedent? Like, do, does anyone who wants an Oscar have to do some horrifying stunt? I don't. I don't know because this is all coming oh off God. really like provocative to me. I'm a very twisted individual. Yeah, I would like, totally do that. But here's the thing: <laughs> for an Oscar. when you watch the movie, you don't fucking see him doing that shit. No, you don't. That's just like he has to do that to get in the zone. But it's just like, for you, have like to, you have to do that to get into the zone. Come on. And like to think about this, like if he if he like ate like the raw meat and he had like a disgusted reaction instead of acting, he was calling upon that memory of that one time he ate bear meat raw. Right. And so then he's just having like a slight eye twitch and like just like feel uh, his face is showing that he's not enjoying what he's eating. Couldn't you have just acted that without knowing? Like, you just know it's going to be disgusting. Everyone's had something that was like, disgusting in their life. Like, I think emotional I think recall more of a, is totally don't fine. Don't try it kind of thing. But, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I think emotional recall is like a totally valid method of acting without having to force a situation upon yourself in order to evoke those emotions. Right. This is, right. And this is a great example. So fucking, did anybody see that movie that came out, Fury? It had like Brad Pitt in it and like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. So uh, where he yeah. has a uh, Kim Jong Un haircut, yeah, Shia LaBeouf <laughs> straight up <laughs> cut his own face for the movie, 
and then he um he pulled out his own tooth and then he refused to shower for weeks on end and brad pitt had to like get up in his face about it because it was distracting other people like the smell of him was distracting people yes that's fucking crazy they're getting furious and that's where it gets too far man <laughs> it's like i'm sorry when you're yeah. when your art quotes art is getting in the way of other people's art it's like no dude now you're just being a prick now you're just being yeah. an asshole it's called Fury, not Smelly. I don't know how people can call this art because I think that's just like total bullshit. That's just you being a fucking psychopath trying to get in character when there's other viable ways to do it, like we discussed. But like, yeah. you know, I just don't think that's like a safe or I guess like coworker friendly way to get into your character. The sound designer and me, like I'll make a playlist or something that just gets me into character that I just yeah. listen to. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah. that's fine. It's like what but, I do. Um, yeah. Two really quick facts about um, Robert De Niro. Great. Yeah. During the movie Taxi Driver from 1976, De Niro actually got uh, his cab driver's license while preparing for the role in a Martin Scorsese classic. All right. So uh, anyway, he uh, he used to work 12-hour shifts um, and, were, and would pick up passengers around New York City during breaks from shooting. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and I guess he was a real fucking weirdo while he was doing yes. it. But <laughs> also, have you guys ever seen Jackie Brown by directed by Quentin Tarantino? Yeah. No, That's my favorite Robert De Niro role ever, and he didn't method act for it, and he's just like fucking perfect in that movie. Um, he just basically plays like a pothead who like uh, ends up killing somebody. But anywho, um, so uh, we do need to go into thirty seconds with Kyle. Okay. Oh boy. Cousin Kyle. 30 <laughs> seconds before. Nice to meet you, Kyle. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another segment of 30 Seconds with Tyler. For those of you not in the know, this segment was when our very own senior weenie, Kyle Cleary, gets to talk about anything <laughs> he wants. And today he's complaining of a headache, so it's probably going to be terrible. Kyle, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling subpar, dog. How about yourself? <laughs> well, man, it's been six weeks uh, of this quarantine, and I don't really shower it's, wait, anymore. It's, so. Wait, wait. I'm being serious. It's been six weeks. It's like six going on seven, it's I think. Been, yeah, it's been almost seven Dude, weeks. I thought it was only like three or four weeks. 40 days in the no, hole. No, brother. It's, it's going nah. pretty far, and uh, showering is Humble like pie. a thing I don't really give a fuck about too much anymore. <laughs> Kyle, are you ready to race the clock? Yeah, dog. Well, your 30 seconds starts now okay so there's a puffer fish species native to japan called fugu it has a natural defense mechanism to ward off predators and it has a deadly toxin called tetrodotoxin and is extremely deadly and is about 1200 times more poisonous than cyanide there's enough toxin in one puffer fish to kill about 30 humans and there is no known antidote however it is a highly prized japanese delicacy and can only be prepared by well-trained chefs Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, you know the puffer fishes don't puff, they suck. They do. Really? Cute. I actually didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's mega made. She's gone from suck to blow. Pretty short. Well, well Kyle, um yeah, I don't I don't I don't know about that Kyle cuz like I I already knew all of that. So did I. I did too. I did. But here's hey. the deal: is that we live in a world where people inject chemicals like Lysol into their bodies because our <laughs> president told them to. Ah! 
so I guess there are a lot of a dumb fucking people that fucking think that's a thing you can do. So anyway, natural selection. <laughs> think about the listen. Like we might have some listeners that don't know other things like that. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. You know, and you did your job. You were informative. You talked about something that's not that's not brought up every day. And um, yeah, good job. Good for you. Um, so, and it wasn't about cats for once. So that's good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> about cats. There's like, like I've like had three. three. Yeah, <laughs> call it Kyle's Cat Corner. <laughs> Kyle's Cat Corner. Kyle's Cat Corner. Kyle's Cat Corner. Kyle's Cat Corner. Yeah, Tyler. Uh, Kyle, sorry, Kyle. If you would like to have another segment called Kyle's Cat Corner, you could just come up with a cat fact every once in a while. Whenever you have one, I'll just I'll just. It'll be like one every like six episodes, and it'll be like eighty. It'll be like, like a special. Kyle's Cat Corner. Just that. Yeah, <laughs> 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 or like a ti- or like a like a lying one. <sighs> so anyway, uh, it is Kyle. Actually, is a Bengal tiger. He is. Oh my god! Give me a fucking break, man! <laughs> give me a fucking <laughs> break. <laughs> For all of all of our listeners who know that story, he is technically a Bengal cat tiger. Also, in honor of Kyle, I uh, am hanging this light at half mass. <laughs> behind me that is the same color as his cam girl room all right so um <laughs> anyway oh, we have to get back on topic all right um yeah, so so it is customary that we allow our guests to judge 30 seconds with kyle first mm-hmm. on a scale from zero to ten zero being the lowest and ten being the highest what would you give him dan the hertz Ertz locker uh just on overall um a one I'll take that. That's fair. Dude, I spent one minute making this. Damn, Kyle. I was very underprepared today. When he prepares something and he practices it like at least twice, it's like gold. And he times it out and everything. I'm glad you put in the least amount of effort possible for me. It seems to me like Dan was coming from a very angry place with that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm always angry. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair score. I'll take that. Primo, what would you give him? Fuck, man. <laughs> I was going to give you a decent score. I think I still am. I'll give you a seven because it was informative. Wow. You came in under time a little too much, but um, I knew the fact that you were talking about, but um, I'm going to give you some extra points because you uh, you feel like dog shit, and I don't want Roy to be the only parent in this relationship that supports his child. So <laughs> I support my boy. <laughs> All right, so uh, if you didn't know, Dan, uh, Primo and I have legal custody of Kyle. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> Kyler, I'm so happy for you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. He, he does go on hunting trips with his uncle, Matt, though. Um, <laughs> Only hunting. What do you hunt? Yeah, what do you guys hunt? <laughs> the puffer fish he was talking about. <laughs> You're like a spear fishing off the coast of Japan. Sell it at a high cost. Squirrels! Anyway, keep going. They go noodling for catfish. Uh, <laughs> bear hands! That's a good Fly one. Fishing. Bear hands. Hey, bear hands! So. Yeah, alright, so um, everyone's favorite part of the judging, Matthew, because he's usually the dick, but I don't know if he will be today. I, don't, I, think, I think the Ertz locker took it. Like, you did have a lot of time to add in more information about this uh, deadly puffer fish. However, I you will say... You could have sang us a song. You could have, literally, anything, <laughs> you could have done anything with those additional, like, what, seven seconds? But instead, you didn't. So, I'm going to give you a solid six, because it's a fact I knew, and it's one of my favorites, and I really want to try this puffer fish um, at the risk of dying. Uh, so, I appreciate your um, 
your homage to the Japanese culture. Right. He needs a, uh, he needs at least a seven. It all comes down to this. Now. Do I get my original name back or not? <laughs> Does he get his real Now here's the thing. Is Roy gonna be the asshole? Is Roy gonna be the asshole or is he gonna be the better parent? What's he gonna be? There's more pressure on me than there's ever been on Tyler on the show right now. <laughs> and um, Are we going to a custody hearing? We might. <laughs> we we might have to do that. No, Primo and I we have a strong relationship. We have sex a lot. Um <laughs> Well yeah, now healthy. it's all FaceTime sex. Uh yeah, you gotta <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Why I named my fleshlight Roy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's named Primo's dad. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's just why. All right, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give you a six because I'm I'm done calling you uh, fucking Kyle. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, we're wrapping up the bit. We're gonna continue on. Um, does anyone have a little fact to take us out into our next message break? Oh, here I've got I've got a a question to posit. The um, Earth's Locker. Well, it's it's more of an opinion. I think that reality TV is just live action role playing. Ooh, that's a hot, hot take. take. <laughs> well, did anyone watch The Circle on Netflix? No. No. Okay, so it's a reality television show where essentially, like the the whole game show takes place on an Amazon Alexa. Um, that's called The Circle. Uh, but basically, I knew one of the guys that was on that show um, from high school, and every single person fit a stereotype so perfectly that it was like really hard to believe that any of these people were being genuine. And even like I, from knowing that guy, I'm like, no, that's not that's not the way he fucking was back in the day. He was right. kind of just like he was just a jock. He just like played football. But he was a nice kid, but he wasn't like this fucking gym rat bro dude. Like all a of a sudden, type like, thing. whose passion is now being on this reality television show. It's just to sell his fucking merch line, you know? Yeah. It's not real. <laughs> it's impossible it's for it to be real. People. Yeah. No. But here's the thing is that method acting is real and too real. <laughs> it's too it's real. It's acting, not reeling. Um, so then they're all method actors, <laughs> technically. Right. Right. That's right. True. It's, it's like... the. That was what one of the points I was eventually trying to get to is that like is it real people like doing things in these quote real situations is that as valuable as you know method actors you know Leonardo DiCaprio eating raw meat versus <laughs> two two random strangers like having an actual argument on camera about things they actually feel like which is you know real versus real right mm-hmm. There's definitely there's I mean like with 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 all things in life and uh, acting is no different. There is definitely a scale to this. So like I mean like um, there's definitely method like people who have like I guess they could be thrown in the category of method actor who haven't really done anything that's like really that insane. It's more just to like learn more like research type method acting that you could kind of put that in. But there are also people that rip out their own teeth and don't wash their bodies. So That's true. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's true. Ponder that as we sail into the mystic on this next message break. Hey guys, uh, this week in lieu of uh, paid promotional ads, Primo Roy and myself would like to take the time to shout out some agencies that really need donations right now. Um, one of the biggest agencies that needs a lot of help is the Red Cross. 
COVID-19 has caused worldwide panic and created a scarcity of resources. We have heard a lot about masks and gloves and toilet paper, but we really haven't heard a lot of people talking about the need of blood. Um, the Red Cross has had to cancel so many blood drives in order to keep their employees and our communities safe. This quote is directly from their website. We are working quickly to identify and replace blood drives canceled due to workplace and school closures. Search for opportunities near you and check back often as we are continuously adding new donation opportunities. If you don't see available appointments near you or in the near future, please search 7 to 15 days out. The need for blood is constant and patients need your help. As you can see, the uh, situation isn't ideal, but if you are asking what you can do for your community right now, please consider donating blood. Go to the redcrossblood.org, uh, follow a few simple steps to find your nearest donation location, and give blood as soon as you can. Thank you for your consideration and helping your community. Now, let's get back to it. And we're back. Matt has a question. Yeah, so, uh, Dan Avidaniel, um, hey. did... Is there ever a point in your career where you felt like you were teetering on the line of method acting and had to stop yourself? Mm. Sometimes. Uh, I think the, the closest I may have ever gotten for that is there was a role that I just didn't cut my fingernails for. Um, but this was also in college. It was for uh, uh, Bat Boy the Musical. I played a little oh. kid. Oh. Yes, yes. This, is a, this might be uh, a revelation for some other people who know of that production but weren't involved um for that i just uh i stopped biting my nails really was the <laughs> the big thing I, I was kicking a bad habit at the same time as also exploring what it would be like to you know just let my nails grow out and have these claws because the kid like in the show i played bat boy from like the daily world news articles the bat child found in cave and west virginia sing, sing punk rock songs about you know not belonging anywhere. Valcomer. <laughs> but yeah, I, I grew my nails out and I didn't bite them for like two months. And so they were very, very long by the end of it. Um, but then I chopped them all off. And so that, that that was the closest I ever got to like method acting. Still one of my favorite roles that you've uh, played, to be fair, just for the record. I really, really enjoyed it. That was fall of 2013. So six God. years ago. You peaked too quick, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've been trying to get over that hump since then. Jesus, you peaked. Have you ever seen a... This goes for everybody, I guess. Have you ever seen a performance where someone was method acting where it kind of just took you out? Mm. You know? Oh, man. It could be live theater. Well, that's the whole idea Ooh. of method acting is that it doesn't. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's, that's the point, though. It's like, have you like known somebody was method acting and you could see it or knew of someone who was and it just like grinded your gears? Yeah, this this isn't someone I know, but it was it was one that was filmed, and that one a moment that just took me out of it. It was a filmed production of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, the musical. Uh, it was the one in London with like Tim Minchin. There was a big mm -hmm. staircase, but I can't I can never remember the names of the characters. But uh, the one is yelling over Jesus, and like while he's just scream singing this moment, he's just spitting everywhere like all over the ground like onto the guy like just like <laughs> massive globs like very visible this is a filmed like released dvd production of just all of his spit getting everywhere that just like totally Disgusting. removed me and i was like can you not do that <laughs> while do you're that, while you're please. singing <laughs> matthew yeah that's disgusting yeah oh yeah, man yeah. i mean i've There's seen uh sorry what 
Uh, I was gonna say there's like a, there's a buffalo actor that I know that spits a lot, but like he's really good about like um he like he uses like mouthwash like every time he like leaves the stage because he knows he it? spits and he can't stop doing it. Sorry. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> oh, I love him. Oh my god, the spitter man. Oh. Spitter never um, prosper, man. Yeah, he's like the bride from uh, Kill Bill, man. He spits in his sleep. I'm sure. Uh, That's <laughs> um anyway uh i've actually seen a performance where a guy like he he like got ready for that role in a way that he just kind of like fully immersed himself in like country culture and shit and then he just like kept that as part of his persona ever since he keeps buying like super expensive cowboy hats he like began like doing like farm workouts like he just really took this character and like internalized it and now he like lives it like it's like false country life almost it's really fucking <laughs> weird i've never seen something like that before what year was that show god 2015 yeah because uh i work with this human being um at uh at a venue and i've noticed that uh, yeah, I've noticed that he he does he has like that that like country boy thing, and I was just like weird like, country like, boy shit. Yeah, but like it's like it's not it's not charming in any way. No, and I'm, I'm like yeah, and I'm trying to understand. Like I'm, I was just like, oh, do you like uh, you like from like a rural area? Because I'm from fucking Wyoming County. I grew up like in between fucking like barns and shit. So like oh I God. know exactly what that is, and I grew up with it, and it's very toxic of type of masculinity. It can come off very hyper masculine. And I was just like so I was like, oh like where'd you grow up and stuff. And I remember like him telling me like very, very like like clearly like, oh I didn't grow up like anywhere near a farm. I was like, oh what of them then why is that part of you? No. He fucking he I've been to his house. It's like a fu- it's in the fucking suburbia. This is what brings right. me back to the whole idea of bad actors using method acting as a way to mask their like shitty choices and make it look like art. Yes. Mm-hmm. Being like, I died Ooh. for this role. Right. And it's yeah. like, I became this role. I feel like it's really toxic. If you let like a character, like permanently change, like even like if it's just like something as simple as an accent, like that character changed you forever and you're not going to be the same just because you let it get too far. It's the same thing right. as bringing home your problems from work. Obviously with Kirsten and I, it's hard because we both yeah. work at the same place, but I always try my hardest to not anybody in a relationship should do this. It's like, yes, you could talk to your partner about things that are happening at work, but at the end of the day, it's like, you don't want to bring home the toxic aspects of what happens at work into your personal life. It's the same thing with acting. It's your fucking job. Right. Right. And you don't want to bring that character home and then subject that shit to your family and friends, man. Like, right. Yeah. It's kind of like, like shitting where you sleep, man. Yes. Yeah, like I mean, that it, idea. It's, uh, it's pronounced, um, shitting where you eat, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to that effect, uh, to, just to say something about me again, like I, the last role I was in, I was possessed by the devil. Like I couldn't bring that shit home with me. <laughs> no, like, that, that would have driven me fucking insane. Like, you're like talking in Latin, and it your eyes been are dope, back. But yeah, you didn't I, do it. Like I have to keep that separate from the regular life, so as not to weird out my friends and neighbors. Right, you and, know? and that's like that's where it comes down to. I don't know, man. Method acting just drives me absolutely bonkers because uh, I guess it's hard for us. It's like, you know, how do you tell someone like Daniel D. Lewis that your methods don't work? It's stupid because right, his right. clearly do. But like, some yeah. But then like Heath Ledger died, you know? Right, 
Right. And then if you watch the Jim Carrey documentary about man on the moon, like there's a reason universal didn't release those, that stuff till now is because they knew it was going to tank the movie. If that information ever got out that he did that stuff on set. Right. Like the, the scene, right. You you Roy was, Roy was the one who told me to watch it. Actually the scene, the, 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 the Jim Carrey documentary, Andy and Jim, it's about a uh, man on the moon, about yes. Andy Kaufman. Yeah. He went nuts. The scene when he's watching the dailies as Jim, as what's his name? Uh, Andy, Ca- uh, um, uh, Tony Clifton. Yeah. And because <laughs> Jim would never watch the dailies, but he came in as, as Andy, as Tony Clifton and was like, wow, this Jim Carrey kid is pretty good. And everybody in the room's like watching him and they're like, what the fuck is happening right yeah. now, dude? Like that's that, even like, Dan, would you freak out that interview, any interview with Danny DeVito? And he's just like, I don't know what the fuck. Right, would you freak Danny DeVito out? That's probably a problem. <laughs> I came in here to reprise a role that I did in the 70s. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, so it is yeah. time for Matthew's Wholesome Moment. And Let's here's a theme song. Rainbows. Cold beer. Fireflies. A hard day's work. I just like how, like, low-toned he sounds after, like, it ends. <laughs> He's just like, hey. Fresh hey guys. flowers. Gasoline, <laughs> miracles, monster truck rallies, butterflies, Matthew's awesome moment. Welcome back to uh, Matthew's wholesome moment. This week, the uh, question is. What was the best performance that you ever gave or saw someone else give where you could tell it was just pure raw talent with no method acting needed? Uh, Okay. Uh, I don't think I can answer this question. I don't know if we're going to care because you have no perspective on it, but sure. (laughs) I said I can't. Yeah. (laughs) No, you totally can. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I said no. I when I said that, I said I don't think I can answer this question because I haven't seen enough. um i dan do you want to go first yeah yeah i've got a good one um this was actually pretty recent in january i went out to new york city and i saw a couple of broadway shows mm-hmm. and i'm gonna have to say uh the best performance i saw was andre de shields in hades town uh, as hermes um ooh. An, an incredible uh thing to be seen live uh i mm-hmm. think like it is less of a performance of like a a show or a story and more of just like an experience like with music and story and good feeling and drinking and uh all all you know at at the behest of andre de shields you know leading the way throughout the entire night and the so that that moment broadway deity andre de I, I will i will give you two i'll give you a local and a um new york version the local one was um ben ben uh moran in uh angels in america his pride his prior was brilliant um he's fucking great i got to see it numerous times because of tech and every night it it was it, it shook me um yeah I loved that role for him. And then the one from New York was I got to watch the great Helen Mirren in the audience as uh, Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth the second. It's brilliant. Mm. You know, she just she was Elizabeth without pretending to be her in real life. <laughs> That's what I love about her. It's like, no, she's just mm-hmm. 
Us. When she just inhabits like the, the, the person instead of like putting on a show. Right. And it's like you're sitting on stage watching her and I'm like, yeah, no, it's totally the fucking queen right now. But then, you know, as soon as she's done, she's just like, fuck this. I'm going to go have a cigarette and go home. I'm going to get some pizza. <laughs> right. Anybody? Roy? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah um, I'm, I'm struggling with the question a little bit. Um, I've seen a lot of really, really great performances in my, my time on uh, this rock f- spinning through space. But um, I don't. Not one is popping into my mind. Is like, oh yeah, that was, that was just great. I will say, and I talk, I've talked about the show in the earlier episodes, "Kiss of the Spider Woman." Mm. I will say that uh, Rick Latimer's performance as um, as a transsexual in an Argentinian prison was very like very captivating, very well done. And, um, I remember it being like something where I was, I was connecting with the character and it made me want to be his friend more. <laughs> like, I was I like, like, this guy's like, yeah, but he didn't like, he was very, like very good about it. Like it, it was not, he, I feel like he's a little sassier when he plays a trans person, but, <laughs> but like, it's not like I, I, you could tell, like I wasn't consuming his life, but I also, um, do a shout out to the great David Lundy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was in uh, "Give Him Hell, Harry," which is about Harry Truman, of course. I saw and that. I, I didn't see it. Who, did you say? Was he good? I didn't I heard, see. It. He I was very good heard, in it. Yeah. I only heard good things, and yeah. Um, yeah so, yeah, th- those Great. are my those are my mm-hmm. things. Absolutely. My favorite is also a Broadway one where I went to go see uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch with uh, Michael C. Hall. Mm. Son of a fucking bitch! Like you could, from like start to finish, he was Hedwig. And then yeah. as soon as he took his bow, he's back to being Michael C. Harm was like ready to fucking party. You can always also tell like when someone comes out afterward to do like uh, stage door stuff and they're just like, hey, yeah, what's going on, guys? Oh, yeah, super great. I'm just going to like sign this for you. They can tell that like that is like they're able to separate what they just did on that stage from like real life. And that is also like mm-hmm. the like moniker of like a true actor. And he also yeah, had like, great, a great like attitude. It's just great. Yeah. That's the thing with theater is like the, the biggest thing about it is you have to do it over and over and over again. Right. And like yeah. at, at like the top level at Broadway level, it's like, can you do this indefinitely? Like if your show yeah. like, goes for years and years, can you keep doing Eight it? Eight like, times a week. <laughs> right. That's yeah. Man. Stamina. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, that's what, uh, last thing, it's like, that's what drives me nuts about method actors more. It's like, if you can you method act eight times a week for six months? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And if you can, how exhausting is that? Uh, Shia LaBeouf got kicked out of a Broadway show, like out of the cast during rehearsals because of method acting, because what he was doing was not, you know, sustainable within the context of the show. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Do we have any final thoughts from, uh, from Dan? Mm. Oh, have you have you all seen that video of uh, Jack Nicholson hearing about Heath Ledger dying? Oh yeah, and he said, "No, I warned him." I not. Yeah, there's there's a video of the moment he's like doing. He just got out of a car. There's paparazzi everywhere, and someone, a reporter, shouts to him like, uh, "Jack Nicholson, did you hear that Heath Ledger just died?" And Jack is like, "Oh," and he takes it in for a second, and he's like, "I warned him." And that's it. Shit. And that's what, yeah. I yeah, warned dude. him. I'm about to watch that as soon as this is done. Going off that same Joker Jesus. thing, it's crazy to me to think that like, because that video had to have existed for a while, seeing as though, probably 2008, 2009, that, that time period. Because well, Heath Ledger died in 2008, I believe, right? No, 2007. 2007. It, Jesus. Was, it was six months before the release. Right. Um, 
Yeah, and then and what's funny too is people are like, "Oh, that was the last movie he did." No, it wasn't. He was in Doctor Parnassus Imaginarium or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anywho, um, it's crazy to me to think that that we we know that this is a killer, and it's not just like killing people like to be dead. It's like a, it's a killer of like the like the art in a way. And like, it's a ki- yeah, it's a killer of morale, and it's like a killer of like psyche, of imagination. Like, yeah. Um, so what's crazy to me is that like Jared Leto would then do then would would dive into method acting right. after knowing the last person to play that fucking role on that same scale died. Yeah, Matt, that might be why they cut him from the fucking movie. Honestly, I, I I don't think he did it because of like he wanted to like perfect the role. I think he did it just because like he was like, oh well, it got good ratings for the other guy. Yeah. Did Joaquin yeah. Phoenix uh, yeah, method I mean, act? He he lost a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah, I th- I, yeah. I'd, I'd have to say he did because like like you said like you know the way how like his mental state was during like filming and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, like uh, the 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 one scene during filming, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, in this most recent show, the the <laughs> when he was like doing the like stomping scene at that dumpster, oh. he broke his friggin' knee. Yes, he did. On camera. Jesus. Did he yeah. really? Yeah. Yes. Like broke. I never his even knee. knew that. Yes. Like. That that's not healthy for anyone to be doing. Like this no. is not. <laughs> oh, side note: Joker two just got confirmed. Uh, Heath Ledger's yeah. performance obviously was award winning. It was brilliant. It's one of my favorite moments in cinema for myself. DC cinema, at least. <laughs> the thing that bothers me about it to this day is that he let a role of a fake fictitious person cost him his life. It's not like he was portraying a real serial murderer who existed in the world who caused real harm to people. And then, yeah, I could see how going down that path, getting into the psyche of a real murderer could fuck you up. I I understand that. But to let a a a character of fiction take you away from, I mean, obviously there's more things involved in it than just method acting. He dealt with a lot of depression and anxiety and addiction. Um, Yeah. I had a lot of different medications and stuff. The fact that that was kind of the catalyst of it. So like, was it the role? Was it uh, any of these other things? Right. It will at least had something to do with it. The fact that he locked himself in a closet for like three weeks he was in a hotel for like four weeks right. and, and wrote yeah. journals as the joke. He was in the closet in the hotel room and his buddy was living with him in the hotel room to give him meals and shit. Jesus. And then he, uh, Tyler, you can check this, that he said he, he told his room, his friend to not let him out of the closet until he convinced himself that things like murder and rape were funny. Wow. And there was a point where his friend had said like he heard like laughing coming from the room from the closet because he that's like where he was at. Yeah. I want someone to check that out. Yeah, it's that's crazy to think that like that role is like I mean like you can go back to like Caesar Romano or whatever the fuck his name was, yeah. played him uh, like the sixties. Yeah. And then you had like Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger. It seems like actors have to go to a, a crazy fucking place in order to play that role. Primo was right about the whole like closet and like convincing himself about like all that like terrible shit was like hilarious and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm 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 a supporter of however you want to get the job done as an actor until what you're doing affects me and the people around us on stage and the audience, yeah. man, to a point. It's like, you know, you want to make sure the actors are safe. You want to make sure the audience is safe and you want to make sure we're doing meaningful art in the minute you sacrifice the production for your ridiculous 
acting style is the minute I, I just mm-hmm. like I'm done with you. It, just don't. I don't know. I feel like he totally. took the ideas of like becoming like a real historical like serial killer and went down that path rather than taking it as the fictitious character path. And I feel like that that's like as soon as he hit that fork and went on the wrong side, I feel like that's where it all went downhill. Trying to make a little more realism in the, the fictional character, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Dude. So, uh, anyway, do we have any we have any, any last last final thoughts from the Dan? Dan, any last thoughts? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that I think method acting is bullshit, and that if you uh, pe- people want to be actors, you gotta you gotta you gotta be able to let it go to like jump in and then jump back out, you know. Yeah. yeah, like a pool. Yeah, towel off, bitch. Or, or <laughs> like, or like the infinite abyss, but then you jump back out of the infinite. <laughs> no one wants to bring their job home. <laughs> dun, dun. That sounds a lot harder than toweling out of the infinite. jumping. <laughs> Right. All right. Well, with that, um, that has been another episode of Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancys. We remind you to stay in your house. Pornhub's free right now. It's great. Um, and uh, to not do method acting. Do not support method acting. It's bad. It's bad, 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 bad. Wash your hands. Bye. This episode is brought to you in support of local theater companies from Buffalo, New York. For more complaining, visit negativenancyspod.com and follow along on Instagram at negativenancyspod and Facebook at Negative Nancy's Podcast. If you'd like to send us love letters, you can reach us at hate mail at negativenancyspod.com. Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancy's is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.